0: i I've rallying my fuck on me, but it's
1: What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to the Boochcast. This week, we got a special treat for you guys as we are going to be doing a classic pay-per-view review here on the Bootscast. And for those of you who may not remember how these classic pay-per-views work, well, basically, Gator came up with this idea that he wanted to do, which was look at some pay-per-views. Old pay-per-views, like classic wrestling pay-per-views. Not, not too classic, but like classic enough to where it's you know, not too far in the 2019 area, you know. So we start, so Gator would pick a pay-per-view, I would pick a pay-per-view, we watch it, analyze it, and we look at it from different perspectives, like a, a perspective of watching as fans because obviously some of these pay-per-views you know Gator and I were, were you know we kids when it happened some of them we weren't even alive for but uh you know what I mean and also they are uh, from the perspective of two people who are in the wrestling business obviously Gator you know he works as a uh, as i said before he's a manager and he occasionally wrestles I'm occasionally a, not all the time not all the time and uh me I'm a I'm a commentator who just recently got upgraded to ring announcer as well so I do a lot yep. of
2: and I was also a ring announcer before I was anything else.
1: So. Yeah, so we both have, um you know, time experience. experience inside the wrestling business, and we know a lot about it. So, we decided to look at things from different perspectives, and Gator picked the first one, and the first one he chose was WCW Uncensored 1996. This was from March 24th, 1996. It was in Tupelo, Mississippi at the Tupelo Coliseum, and of course, um, this was an interesting pay-per-view, because this was in this was like obviously you know hogan wasn't you know hadn't turned hollywood yet he was still in the red and yellow and him and randy savage were you know still in a lot of ways the mega powers and it was also interesting because you know especially as a fan you look at some of these guys and you realize they hadn't fully come into their own as far as you know characters yet we hadn't hit the moment where wrestling was edgy yet it was getting there but
2: it, wasn't it was there getting there but we hadn't gotten there yet
1: exactly so it was very very interesting to see so uh Gator, since uh you kind of came up with the idea for this i will i'll let you take the lead and you decide how we're, you you go first
2: okay we're gonna we're gonna do this like this um i'm going to be rating each match on a uh one to four star match um if i go over four i go over four if i go don't go four i don't go four fucking um anyway so we're gonna we're gonna detail and go through these one at a time so the opening contest we open with the WCW United States Heavyweight Championship, which was held at this time by Conan, uh, who uh, is going on, go, uh, going to battle Eddie Guerrero. Now, this is not Latino Heat Eddie Guerrero. This was Mexican jumping bean wearing the U.S. flag on my fucking titties Eddie Guerrero.
1: Yes, this is back when Eddie Guerrero was a cruiserweight.
2: Yes. And this is back when technically Conan... It was very good. This was uh, 18 minutes and 27 seconds of just pure lucha action. I mean, that's basically what it was. It was just pure, straight lucha libre. Yeah. Um, so it's weird because Conan was not wearing the traditional k Doll Conan stuff. He was wearing like trunks.
1: And I think he had a mask on, didn't he?
2: Yeah, he did. He had a mask on too. Um. So it, it was it was different. It was just different. Anyway, moving on. We uh we moved to match number two, which was Fiddly, the Belfast Brawler, so Fiddly versus Lord Steven Regal, William Regal. Um. This match was. Frickin' amazing. Oh, by the way, the last match was a three three out of four stars. Um, this match was awesome. This was a four star match. It told a story. I mean, granted, it did end with a disqualification where uh, Reboot gets gets disqualified, but it was it was just real good European based technical wrestling. It was it was a brawl basically. It was it was good. It was good. And then we move on to a three minute and forty seven second piece of crap <laughs> with Colonel Parker beating Medusa. And a, and a one star piece of shit. Moving on. <laughs> we get to the, now we get to the booty man with booty babe versus Diamond Dallas P. A. A. H. So the Booty Man is basically just British the Barber beefcake.
1: Yes, which I thought this was him going through another uh gimmick transition.
2: Yeah, it was it was something. It was it was I don't know where to go talk about this, but it was a piece of shit. Uh, This went for 16 minutes exactly, and the booty man defeat Diamond Dallas Page with just some of the stupidest fucking wrestling i've ever seen it was it was good but the gimmick just throws you off it's like what huh so so i'm gonna call that about a two and a half star match then we get the giant with jimmy hart who defeats uh lock Ness in a good two minute and 34 second squash then we get the chicago street fight with sting and booker T taking on the road warriors um this was about a 30 minute match and there was a lot of good hardcore action in this it was very well done it they used the entire space worked the entire space worked the crowd real well and this is just great tag team wrestling good tag team wrestling um i give this four out of four then we end with this garbage that is the fucking doomsday cage match it, it was a clusterfuck. It was the biggest clusterfuck. And I, and in my notes, I literally have underlined in red, bolded, freaking starred fuck. So that's about as far as I'm going to go on that. It, it was just a clusterfuck. Everything that could go wrong here went wrong. I mean, honestly, it did. Anything that would go wrong went wrong. It was a clusterfuck.
1: Yeah, I, I will say this when I looked at some of these matches. Um, obviously, you know, seeing Conan... And I'm I'm just gonna go through everything. Uh seeing Conan, you know, in in the mask kinda threw me off, was a different kind of gimmick. But I will say it reminded me that Conan, uh, is a very is was a very good wrestler, you know. I mean, I'd say was because obviously he doesn't wrestle anymore as far as I know, but at the time he was very, very talented. Um and as far as the Belfast Blues or Lord Steven Regal match, um I did enjoy that match. Uh the DQ kind of pissed me off, but that's just me personally. I, yeah,
2: it kind of I think it kind of pissed everybody off. I I um, hate
1: when pay, I just hate when pay-per-view matches end in disqualification. That bugs me. It really bugs me. Just, I think
2: it bugs everybody. You're not the only one. Yeah. I, I feel like a pay-per-view, I mean, to continue a storyline is one thing, but to just be the end of something just to be the end of something it's a little it's a little aggravating.
1: Absolutely. Yes. And and of course uh Colonel Robert Parker, I didn't know too much. I I've heard th- I've heard about this guy, but I've never really actually like seen. I've seen a lot of him lately while doing this whole uh, while watching these uh classic pay-per-views, but I didn't know too much about him personally. Only that I've had some people in the business tell me he has he has one of the biggest dicks in the locker room. Yes. That I've had somebody tell me. So so that's so that's a confirmation. That's a fact. Yes.
2: Um uh <laughs>
1: I can't, I can't specifically say
2: what I have seen, but I have seen some scary shit.
1: <laughs> yeah. Apparently, Colonel Robert Parker is packing heat. Massive heat. Uh, I'm surprised Medusa didn't get wet during this match. Who, of course, is also a Lunger Blaze, and you were right. Because it's Medusa and not fucking Sunny. Exactly. Um. <laughs> Sunny days. I will say this. I actually found something interesting about this. Like, I go I'll be, as you go to Booty Man and Diamond Alice page. The Booty Babe is actually Kimberly uh, DDP's wife. I don't know if they're married at this time or not. I think they are. They
2: are. Yeah, which is hilarious.
1: Yeah, so he's kind of aligned with the booty man. And this is when Diamond Dallas Page is still doing the gimmick with the cigar in his mouth and, you know, trying to be like this... Because he had this gimmick at one point where he was this rich, you know, guy. He had, like, these factions called, like, the Diamond Mine, where he had all of his, like, money and stuff. And then there's, you know, he has the Diamond Dolls and the Diamond Stud. And DDP created uh, the, the these gimmicks, and they're fucking ingenious. And I read about this, where he was supposed to have, at one point a moment where DDP loses, quote unquote, all his money, his diamond mine, everything. And then there's gimmicks where he's like homeless on the street and, you know, yes. he had to live that they gimmick. Did,
2: they ended up doing that with Cactus Jack, which was odd for me.
1: And the thing is, there was supposed, eventually DDP gets back in the swing of things. This is when he becomes a babyface and he gets all his riches back. And there's a mysterious benefactor that was supposed to help him. And one of the biggest debates that DDP was having with creative was that he said, who's the benefactor? They never revealed who it was, and he said, we need to reveal, and he said, someone in creative had said, he said, Dallas, nobody cares who the benefactor is. And DDP's literally screaming at them, yes they do! They wanna fucking know! And they never told us. So he he mentions it in his book that the benefactor was supposed to be Kimberly. Kimberly and Dallas were supposed to get back together. And Kimberly was supposed to be the... So that mysterious benefactor was Kimberly Page. They just never made it public.
2: Then they started screwing. Anyway.
1: it's It's like the driver of the Hummer from like 99. We never found out who the fucking driver was. And it's so annoying. It's so annoying, to you,
2: know, you know, that's some shit.
1: Yeah, the driver, of the Hummer, they hit Kevin Nash. We never found out who it was. See,
2: but, see, yeah, that's some shit. Um,
1: yeah, so anyway, but yeah, and also originally, here's something I found out as well. At this pay-per-view, Diamond Dallas Page was originally supposed to face Johnny B. Bad, a.k.a. Mark Marrow, for, yes. w- for the World Television Championship.
2: But, but it didn't happen. Here's why it didn't happen. Because he ended up dropping the belt to Lex Luger.
1: Yes, and then leaving the company.
2: To go to... Quote, greener pastures.
1: Yes, this is when he was about to become Mark Marrow in the WWE. Um, and then the Booty Man ended up taking his place and everything else. So that was so it was it was it was an okay match, but it was weird seeing him as the Booty Man. Booty Man, because obviously he couldn't be Brutus the Barber Beefcake, because that's a WWE-owned trademark character. So he couldn't do. But
2: of course, he couldn't he couldn't be Brutus the Barber Beefcake because he's not Brutus the Barber
1: Beefcake. Yeah, he had to be. Uh, so he called himself at one point he was Brother Bruteye when he was with hogan before they split up then he became zodiac in the dungeon of doom and then he became the booty man after that zodiac thing ended and i think it's one of the last gimmicks he did before he ultimately left wcw um the giant and the loch ness i didn't enjoy this i'm gonna be honest i didn't like this we
2: didn't like look this whole pay-per-view was a clusterfuck that's why we ended up reviewing it
1: but yeah well is that why you picked it
2: yes um, so some of these pay-per-views that were picked, basically because they were clusterfucks.
1: Some of them are clusterfucks, some of them are good. Um, I was very I tried to pick ones that I liked. Apparently Gator picked ones that were the shitty, and I'm finding that out very quickly as I watch more of these. And I told you
2: I told you beforehand, I said I picked ones that were the
1: shitty on purpose. <laughs> I know. And I and you're subjecting me to them, which is pissing me off. But apparently and apparently the Loch Ness guy, I had to look him up. Apparently yeah, I
2: didn't know who he was for a long time.
1: Apparently he was known as Giant Haystacks in like Britain. He was a British he's one of the British he was one of the best known wrestlers on the British wrestling scene during the 70s and 80s. And yeah, that's he a came- big bit. Yeah, and then became Loch Ness when he, you know, came to Canada and then later to America. So that's <laughs> who. But yeah, so he apparently he was a Stampede International Tag Team Champion twice once with a Dynamite Kid and once with Bret Hart. So he has done some, he has done a lot of great stuff in his career prior to coming to it the was, He was way
2: bigger. Bigger known in um in British wrestling.
1: Yes, way well known. And then, of course, the tag team match with the Road Warriors against Sting and Booker T was amazing. I thought it was a great match. And what was interesting about it was the reason Sting and Booker T were in a team was because Lex Luger was in the Doomsday Cage match and therefore was not going to participate in the... Yes,
2: Lex Luger, the babyface... Yeah. Within the heel faction, in the clusterfuck.
1: Well, here's the thing. Lex Luger was kind of a tweener because he was friends with Sting, but he had turned his back on Hogan and Savage. But yet, Sting was kind of the the ma- the, the man in the the monkey in the middle. He was the man in the middle. He was the guy that's like on the one hand, he's a babyface loyal to Hogan and Savage, but he's also best friends with Luger. So he's kind of like the it's he's like the child caught in the middle of the arguing parents. That's pretty much where Sting was throughout this whole thing. And also, I, and also, I think Sting and Luger were also, if I'm not mistaken, you can tell me if I'm wrong, were they, were they the tag team champions at this time as well? At, at this
2: particular juncture, I don't think so.
1: Okay, because I know him and Booker T were a tag team because if, if they won, Booker T would get a shot at him at Harlem Heat would get a shot at the tag belts. So I want to believe they were tag team champions. I think. Yeah, I think they, they might have been. I don't remember. Yeah, they were tag team champions and... Did you just Google? No, I, I just remember. Um, oh, okay. But yeah, they were the tag team champions and Booker T agreed the team with Sting in this match. And Specifically
2: then it- to get to get uh, a
1: shot. Yeah, so they so they were alliance. They won. Then as soon as they won, Booker T and Sting kind of had an, uh, not like a, a shoving fight, but like a stare-off thing. Like, Booker T's like, you're gonna hold up your end of the bargain. You owe us a title match. And Sting's like, I'm a man of my word. I'm gonna do it. So eventually they had a tag team title match later on. But that was where that awkward alliance came from. And as far as the Doomsday Cage match, here's my thoughts on this. I felt this match...
2: Was this shitty
1: It was, but not for the reasons most people think
2: because here's my whole thing with it okay why did you put rick flair and Arn anderson at the top oh the i agree with that wrestlers were at the top of the shit why were they at the top of the shit you should have put the shitty at the top of the shit and had the shit at the bottom that was gonna make be good but never mind.
1: yeah they yeah the ultimate solution and z gangsta who's basically zeus aka debo um they should have been at the top of the cage in my opinion. Then you have, like, cage number two, which could've had Mang, the Barbarian, the Taskmaster, and at the what bottom, and then at the bottom you have Flair, L- Arne, Flair Luger, and Anderson. That, at the bottom of the cage. But, that wasn't what I thought was a clusterfuck. This is the thing I didn't understand. Was The whole purpose was to win one fight and then go down to the next cage. Win another fight, go down to the next cage. No, right. they said that and it ended up being just run. I remember Tony Schiavone saying that at the very beginning. So, this This match didn't follow any of the stipulations, didn't follow any of the rules, and then as soon as they got out, Randy Savage just dives on Lex Luger, one, two, three, and they run. Like, the whole thing was, it's like Randy Savage was trying to salvage what little wrestling was in this fucking match. It was just, it could have been booked a lot, if if they had done this thing right, it could have been great. But it was just all disorganized. I blame... I don't blame the wrestlers. I blame the... The booking. The booking. I blame the booking. Blame the booking. I blame the booking. I don't blame Hogan. I don't blame Savage. I don't blame Flair. I don't blame any of these guys. I blame the booking. This was... This could have been booked... So much fucking better, and it could have been so great for both these guys, especially since, you know, Hogan and Savage at this time were a solid tag team. Because I remember the You pro- know what
2: I do, Mr. Budrelli?
1: What? I blame the rats. You blame the rats? Yeah, I
2: don't know. I just thought it was
1: funny. Anyway, So <laughs> anyway, I used to go to the junkyard, and I'd hunt rats. i get a big stick, and I'd hunt rats. I'd look to the left for the rats, and the right for the rats. And I grabbed their tiny little heads. And what I did, I popped them off their tiny little bodies. We're coming for you, Road Warriors.
2: I'm sure I was
1: spitting my snuff into my into my little cup my bad <laughs> <laughs> it's all good no I, I'm just kidding around shout out to Kevin Sullivan good dude uh, he's a good guy but um yeah I mean this like I said this whole pay-per-view had the potential to be great but it just had a lot of weird matches on it I think I think it's I think the reason it's weird to watch is because we're looking at it from history standpoint so it's kind of like we know where these characters end up so yeah, it's kind of yeah, weird to see. And, that's,
2: and that's gonna be and that's gonna be kind of. of this thing in most of this shit. Yeah. Anyway, we just wanted to, we just wanted to do something different, so that was something
1: different. Now, as you can clearly hear, that was the first... Classic pay-per-view review we ever did on the Boochcast, and I got a few other classic ones that we've done before that are going to be re-released here on the uh, new Boochcast location, the new uh, podcast platforms that we're on. And of course, we got some new ones coming around the bend once Gator and I can get around to recording them. So for now, this will wrap up the Boochcast, and uh, make sure you guys follow the Boochcast. We're on Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, and Google Podcast. Pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there, or be a super fan and follow us on all four hosting sites. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to Facebook.com slash the Boochcast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as other great content to show you guys also, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Boochcast. Get the latest tweets, photos, and videos. Also, subscribe to the YouTube channel. We got a lot of great videos up there from BoochCast Reviews Dark Side of the Ring. We have our archive watch parties. D&D one shot Funny skits Holiday videos All available On the Boochcast And of course Make sure you guys Hit that subscribe button And ring that bell To be notified So you'll find out When the new content Will be available Cause we got new episodes Of Boochcast Reviews Dark Side of the Ring Coming very soon As well as some other Great YouTube content Coming your way Also be sure to follow us On Twitch Go to twitch.tv Slash the Boochcast That's where we do Our live wrestling watch parties Our next one Will be a Saturday January 29th for the WWE Royal Rumble provided that I'm able to uh, get over my sickness and I'm able to get the team together then we will have a live watch party otherwise it might just be me by myself in the studio and I'll still hang out with you guys we'll still have a great time so make sure you guys follow us now on Twitch to know when we go live also we got our D&D show coming up once I get the team together we're going to be figuring all that out and we got some gaming shows coming up with uh, Elvis Delinsky behind the behind the wheel so make sure you guys are ready for uh, the gaming section coming very soon to, to our Twitch channel and of course support the show by going to anchor.fm slash The theboochcast slash support become a supporter of the Boochcast. support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes we got three levels you can donate at with prizes coming soon the first level you can donate at is for 99 cents per month that's a basic level for our fans who uh, want to support the show but don't want to break the bank because you got a lot of bills to pay 99 cents where you can make that happen we also have the second level you can donate at which is for $4.99 per month same amount of money you would pay for a Peacock subscription I know a lot of you guys out there aren't fans of the Peacock so don't give them money give us money we got better content than Peacock anyway and we got the third and final level you can donate at which is for a mere $9.99 that's right same amount of money we used to pay for a WWE Network subscription here in the United States now that's sold to the Peacock you got nowhere to put that $9.99 so they'll take that $9.99 bring it over over here we got better content in the network and unlike the wwe we actually care about our fans and are dedicated to giving the people what they want you can make your purchase with a credit card or with GPay. And once you begin your monthly donation, it will continue until you decide to cancel it. You can cancel at any time. The only catch is you do not get a refund when you cancel your monthly donation. You just stop donating money. And also, there's a you can check out the cancellations on Anchor as well as their privacy policy to let them know that we do not receive any of your personal data. At best, we might get your first and last name, and we'll just use that to give you a shout-out here on the Boochcast. But as far as your personal data goes, we don't see that. We don't want that. The only money we want from you is the money you're willing to donate to help support the show. And the best part is you'll know exactly where that money's going because it goes back into the show. We use it to upgrade our equipment, bring in bigger name guests, pay our bills and take care of all the guys who work hard on and off the air to make the Boochcast a success. So if you got a favorite co-host and you want to see them get paid for their work, anchor.fm slash the Boochcast slash support is how you make that happen. And if there's any money left over after that, we use the rest of it to feed Zach ramen noodles and try to get him laid. And until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, saying keep on living life and take care. This has been The Boochcast. We'll talk to you guys next time. Until then, pizza, baby! Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time
0: to bid you one and all. Goodbye. 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 So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye-bye. Keep warm. Relax. And eat. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, you. A la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again.